You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Friday, April the 16th. Ian Cameron with uh, Jimmy Murphy along momentarily as well. We're looking ahead to a Friday card with five games uh, on tap. A little bit of a light slate here tonight in NHL action, uh, which gives us some time to look back at what we had last night. And what we had last night was... A night where uh, it could have been disaster for me from a betting perspective, if not for, of all teams, the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings. Can you imagine that? That's <laughs> That tells you the kind of night it was last night in the NHL, where uh, my night was salvaged to a certain degree thanks to the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings, who, of course, start to finish this season, have been two of the worst teams in the NHL. Uh, but nevertheless, it was a, a pretty interesting night last night in terms of the results that we had Uh, In the National Hockey League, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs get off a pretty horrendous first period start uh, against the Winnipeg Jets and pretty much unable to recover from that point on. Uh, They end up getting the uh, loss to the Winnipeg Jets last night uh, in that one. Uh, Give the Jets credit. And all of a sudden, Jack Campbell wins 11 in a row. He's now lost two in a row and gets pulled for the first time uh, as a Toronto Maple Leaf in the uh, loss to the Jets last night. And all of a sudden, Things the Leafs weren't doing defensively when they were really tearing it up just a few weeks ago, you know, most of the season. And what they've had was essentially nothing but, you know, breakdowns left and right. I mean, they're giving up odd man rushes. They're giving up breakaways. They're losing coverage in their own zone. You know, they're doing the kind of stuff that the Leafs weren't doing uh, earlier in the season. So uh, definitely uh, some mild concern. There is some that's worth having. Uh, with the Leafs right now, but I would say don't push the panic button, especially on Jack Campbell. You know, at some he's not going to go, you know, thir- twenty and zero the rest of the season. You know, he's going to go through some growing pains at some point. Adversity is going to hit him, 
And right now he's going through his first little bit of adversity here uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's see, let's see how he bounces back from it. Let's see how he handles it. It's a good test for him, you know, and now the pressure uh, of these games that he's going to be playing is only going to get ramped up even more. So we're going to find out a lot about Jack Campbell, you know, because we know he's played well. We don't know how he's going to play in big moments in big playoff games. And you can say all you want about how you believe in his talent and you believe in his ability. Uh, but until you see him in the postseason get the job done, there's always going to be those few questions about, you know, what he can deliver uh, in between the pipes in the at Stanley Cup playoff time for this team. Uh, but Toronto, uh, of course, will have Nick Foligno making his debut next week. So uh, there's things to look forward to for them, but, but definitely their first mini little rough patch in quite some time. We saw the Buffalo Sabres uh, plus 300 uh, underdogs right around there uh, against the Washington Capitals, and they took it to Washington. Uh, and, it, and I said on the show with Jimmy yesterday, it's one of the things I definitely was right on the money with, was that that was a massive flat spot, a massive dead spot, for the Washington Capitals, and boy, they played like it uh, last night in that game against Buffalo. Now, credit to the Sabres. This is a team that it's so easy for the players on this team to just say, pack it in, wave the white flag, don't really try. But the, a lot of these players aren't in that position where they can afford to not try on a nightly basis. They're playing for contracts, they're playing for jobs, they're playing for roster spots. you got to show up when you're in that kind of situation in your career. And look, Donnie Granado has pulled some better effort from this team. And what I think the difference has been with Buffalo is, look, he's changing the lines around. That's been the one criticism I think you could legitimately give Ralph Kruger, the former head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. It was always status quo. He wasn't real willing to change things very much. You know, things weren't working. You got to be able to, as a coach, say, hey, you know what? We're not producing uh, for whatever the, the reason. We're not uh, playing quite as well as we should be. We need to change things up. We need to shake it up. And, and too much, too many times Ralph Kruger wouldn't do that. So uh, give Buffalo credit uh, and Don Granado credit because there's clearly been an uptick in their work ethic uh, and their uh, er sense of urgency uh, in the last few games. And you're starting to see some results from the Sabres team. And they might be a bet on team down the stretch here because you're going to get these insane prices every game with them. And they look like they're bringing the kind of effort right now and compete level uh, that, that's going to give them a chance to be right there in every game, you know, they beat the Flyers on the weekend. Um, they almost beat Boston. And in fact, they played Boston even, if not maybe it slightly outplayed Boston a couple nights ago, but they lost in a shootout uh, three to two. And then, of course, the big win against Washington last night. So dare I say it, w watch out for Buffalo maybe as a little bit of a profitable team to back maybe down the stretch. But I like the way this team's going and uh, certainly happy to see Casey Middlestat, who has now scored, I believe, five goals in seven games for Buffalo, get one last night and cash a plus 550 uh, goal scorer prop for me last night. So uh, I was definitely uh, happy to see that. Uh, no question about that. But a good win for the Sabres there. Uh, what else did we have last night? We saw uh, the uh, Dallas Stars beat Columbus. Um, I took Columbus because of the price, but boy, it's just... It's just not meant to be for them to win any hockey games right now. And it, the loss, losses continue to mount uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. The Detroit Red Wings, kind of like Buffalo, another team to watch out for. They get another victory. That's now three in a row, back-to-back -back against Carolina. Uh, and they beat the Chicago Blackhawks last night. So, again, these teams that are fighting for jobs, these young kids, a lot of energy, a lot of spunk, a lot of chutzpah. 
uh, and they're showing it on the ice. So Detroit might be one of those teams that maybe in spots down the stretch, you look to back them for sure. And as Jimmy Murphy is just about set to join us, good time to talk about those Boston Bruins who let's, let's give them credit. Let's give Tuka Rask credit. He played solid. Let's give the Bruins credit for dominating that game. And there was nothing fluky about it. The shots were lopsided in the Bruins favor. High danger chances. I went and looked at Natural Stat Trick. You should be checking out that site every day. It is a wonderful stats-based website for the NHL, naturalstattrick.com. Uh, nine high danger chances for the Bruins last night in that game. How many for the Islanders? None. Zip. They didn't generate one single high danger scoring chance uh, in that game against the Boston Bruins. So it was it, the result was warranted, that 4-1 to win. Uh, for the Bruins last night. So a very good performance from them. One of their best complete efforts. And hey, let's give Taylor Hall, a guy that we've criticized a lot, credit. Gets his first goal uh, with the Boston Bruins last night. Nice breakaway. Uh, opened up the uh, five hole on Barlamov and slid it right through there uh, for that uh, very big goal at the time to make it 3-1. Give the Bruins a little cushion. So the Bruins get a big win against the Islanders as well last night. Uh, Jimmy, some thoughts on last night's action. You were obviously front row and front row seat for the uh, Bruin game. Pretty damn impressive effort. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I'll eat crow when when I when I have to, and uh, you know, I I got my mustard out. I've been eating it all morning. Uh, they look the Bruins to me played probably the best game they played all season. That that's how impressed I was with that effort last night. And you know, people are getting a little excited when they beat the Buffalo Sabers in a shootout the other night, and. You know, the new guys, oh, they look good and all that. But, I mean, no offense to the Sabres, but it was the Sabres. Now they come out against a team that they haven't beaten all season. And absolutely, like you just said, the nine high danger chance. But just end to end, uh, from, beginning to, uh, from the beginning to the end, they just really outplayed them, just dominated the Islanders. I haven't seen the Islanders really that flat. And maybe that was a part of it. Uh, in a while. And, you know, look, credit to Valmaroff because he did everything he could to keep them in that game. I mean, he really was uh, spectacular, if you ask me, but the Bruins just had it going last night. And that Taylor Hall goal, look, if he can if he can do what he did that led to that goal, and that's that burst of speed and that just explosiveness that he still clearly has, if he can believe in himself that he has that in him still, which he does, it, there could be some good things coming for him in the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and he gave, and what was that goal? It was off the rush. And that's where the yep. Bruins have not been productive offensively. Rush scoring chances. They've had to be that heavy, sustained time in the offensive zone to generate their offense, to generate their chances. Where's that just all of a sudden turnover and you go the other way with it and get something off it? The Bruins weren't doing that at all. And, and Taylor Hall gave them that last night with that goal that he yeah. scored. Rush chance leads to a, a, a goal off the rush. And that is where the Bruins have been coming up empty this year. Uh, so, again, if he can help them in that area, uh, it's going to go a long way, definitely, for the Bruins being a better team uh, and yeah. a more dangerous team at playoff time. For sure. And I'll, I'll say one other thing that might make them more dangerous uh, in the near future, maybe even as soon as tonight, is I saw a lot of good things from David Pasnak that I haven't seen in a while last night. He, he, look, I, I'll – you know, I, you know me, I'm not going to hold back. And he's played like shit over the last month in my eyes. He's, he's floated. He's out there just kind of looking for the easy goals and the, and, and the, the breakaways and all that, not doing the work to earn them. And it, it really has been frustrating. I know Bruce Cassidy has said it a couple times. Like, I want him to get more dirty. I want him dirtier out there, I think was the exact words. And he was doing that last night. He was getting mixed, mixed into the scrums there. He was he was playing defensive hockey as well, playing a 200-foot game. And I think he's going to burst out 
And I think so much so that I am already on record on Twitter. I don't know if you saw her. Uh, I, I put a little prop on him to score a hat trick tonight. I, I'm going balls to the wall with David Pasternak tonight. $5 to win 200 bucks. You can't beat that. Hey, you know, what am I losing there? A pint of beer? I'll take it. Against Delia Sorokin, who's had an up and down and more down than up season. Uh, likely in net, at least for the Islanders. Not confirmed yet, but uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not yeah. bad. Five dollars to win two hundred dollars. If you you know that's what that's what you want. You just place a couple bucks on it. It's got the chance to pay out big. Take a shot. Take a stab with it. No, nothing wrong exactly. with that. You're right, Pasternak. Uh, you know, Lion A's done this a bit, floated at the blue line, wait for someone yep. to feed him the puck, and not willing to work for it. Basically, Pasternak's been uh, doing the Thomas Vanek you know, for the last month, uh, essentially, (laughs) you know, uh, it already seems like that shows you how old we're getting because it's already been now several years since Thomas Vanek's been in the NHL, but that's always what he did. You know, he wouldn't work for the puck. He'd just wait for someone to put in the puck, wait at the blue line and just try to get that scores goals that way. He wouldn't work for anything. Yeah. You know, it's, that's a, it's an ironic analogy or comparison you make there because he was a Bruins killer. And, and, you know, Pasternak's been killing the Bruins lately with his poor efforts. So uh, that's a good one there. Yeah, Thomas, geez. I remember I was in Montreal covering the Canadians when they got him for uh, the playoffs there. And they went on a run, remember? But that's when Price got hurt uh, in game one of the conference final against the Rangers, Chris Kreider. Yep. But he was he was a disappearing act in the playoffs. I mean, they, they probably could have had a better chance against the Rangers if he had decided to show up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Def- uh, like, again, all the skill. All the skill and a great release, and I saw some of the shootout goals that Thomas Vanek would score, even going all the way back to when he started his career with the Buffalo Sabres, and he just had incredible talent, but the work ethic was nowhere close to matching that. just wasn't, uh, and it was unfortunate. But, yeah, you're right. Posternox had some of that, not working as hard for the offense that, you know, sometimes you need to work to get the offense, and maybe weren't seeing that as much. So buy low on Posternox, says uh, Jimmy Murphy. And speaking of buying low, let's get to uh, Friday's card. How about this start time? I'm not complaining. It's a it's an earlier start, 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know why, but it's a, it's an earlier start for what's a very big hockey game. Uh, the Calgary Flames and the Montreal Canadiens. We've got Montreal minus 135 home favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the under. I ain't betting against Calgary. I, I can tell you that right now. Now I was on them the other night. I don't know if I jump on them tonight. I really don't. But I, I would only back Calgary at a plus price. They're playing with purpose. They clearly believe. Hey. We're back in it. We're four points out. I know they have three games in hand, but hey, mm-hmm. we take care of business against this team. We we're right there, and all of a sudden they win tonight. They're two points out. I know Montreal still got the three games in hand, but hey, you got to do something with the three games in hand. You've still got to play them. You've still got to win them. You know, and that's still a question mark. And Jake Allen and Jacob Markstrom probably the same goalie matchup we saw the other night. And look, Jacob Markstrom's undefeated this season against the Montreal Canadiens. So he's played very well uh, against this team. It should be lower scoring. I would lean to the under here. What concerns me, though, is that, look, Montreal, I think, figured it out finally, and Bergevin figured it out. Our offense is tailed off. We need a spark. We need a jolt. And Cole Caulfield could be the guy they're turning to for that jolt, for that spark. He's been called up from the AHL team, from the Laval Rocket. This guy's been – it's amazing, the meteoric rise. And now – that he's been called up. I mean, the hype and anticipation is off the charts. And keep in mind, this isn't a first, second, or third overall pick. You know, this is a guy that's picked a little further back, you know, for the Montreal Canadiens. But his improvement in his play from the time he was drafted to this record-setting season season he had at the college level with Wisconsin 
where he was absolutely carried Wisconsin to as far as they got. And then the question was, okay, but you, you're, you're this prolific goal scorer. You can just score goals left and right. Can you, are you ready to do it at such a young age now at the pro level? Well, two games with Laval in the AHL, three goals, one assist, four points in two games. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. Four points in two games. And they're not wasting time, Jimmy. Now they're calling him up. And I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup tonight, but the fact he's been called up means an NHL debut for him is imminent. Uh, there's yeah. no question about that. And they need a jolt offensively. Duran is just ridiculous how non-existent and pathetic he is. He's the next guy I'm going to absolutely rip to shreds right now. Uh, it's absolutely embarrassing how bad he's been. You can't even notice him on the ice ever, yeah. ever, all season. It's frustrating. Uh, Tatar's cooled off. Gallagher, your heart and soul guy, is out due to injury. Your offense needs a shake-up right now. It can't always be Anderson. It can't always be Toffoli every night. You got to somehow get other guys scoring for you. And I think they said enough is enough. This kid's already in two games, just slicing and dicing AHL defenses and goaltending. Let's get him up here uh, and see what he's got. So will he be in tonight? I don't know, but I would think he'll be in no. sooner rather than later. I don't think so. Yeah. Cause I, I saw him yeah. morning skate. And he was an extra. He wasn't on the four lines. Yeah. So here's the deal. According to uh, the head coach, Dominic Ducharme, um, by the way, making me feel old again. I, I, I used to work for the Montreal Juniors uh, back in 2008, Ian, as a scout. And, and Dominic was a uh, assistant coach then. It was him. Jeez, um, I'm going to draw a blank. Who's the guy that's coaching um, that's coaching there at Laval right now? Boucher? Guy Boucher? No. Uh, it might be. I think it, yeah. it, it might be. And then yeah. Pascal Vincent, who coaches the AHL team for Winnipeg, was the head coach. So anyhow, Ducharme tell, uh, told the media today they would love to get him in as soon as possible. The problem is uh, they need to have somebody get hurt and take somebody out for an injury per the salary cap rules for the taxi squad and all that. Don't even ask me to explain any of that. But all I know is uh, until somebody gets hurt and they can designate that this person is injured and pull him out, uh, he'll he'll be sitting in the taxi squad. All right. So there you go. So there's a, yeah, there's a. That little uh, hang up in the uh, you know the, the waiver wire rule uh, that's oh, that's keeping him from uh, yeah it is uh, that that's definitely uh, confusing. There's no question. Uh, so we'll have to uh, wait and see how that goes. Uh, but uh, again, the fact that he's called up, they want to get him in there. It's just unfortunately won't be tonight. I don't know. This Calgary team's got it humming a little bit. Look, Gaudreau's shown up. Monahan has shown up. All of a sudden, they've chipped in offensively. They're big players. Those are the guys that got to get it done. Simple as that. Yeah. And the last couple of games, they've been noticeable and they've been better for the Calgary Flames. And uh, they're trying to make this push. I mean, everybody's saying it to a man. We're not giving up on this. We know that we got four more games head to head with these guys. And look, Calgary's, or sorry, Montreal, it's been, other than the win against Toronto, where I think they caught beliefs in a little bit of a vulnerable flat spot, you know, it's been tough sledding for Montreal. They lost to Calgary. They get whipped by, Mon uh, by Winnipeg last week uh, in back to back games. So I, I lean to the under, and from a side perspective, it's Calgary or pass for me at a plus price. Jimmy, what's your thoughts here, Flames and the Habs? Yeah, this is – I'm with you. It's tough to go on the uh, – to do anything with the side here and, and pick a winner here. Uh, I mean, clearly this game means a lot for both teams right now. Calgary has clearly gone into that do-or-die mindset, and they know that, you know, the only way they're making the playoffs is if I think, you know, going into the other night, it was, they had five straight against Calgary, right? They've got one win. So they, they're going to have to run the table against the Canadians, the team they're chasing to get into that final spot. I don't know if they can do it, but I'm not going to go against them right now. 
Then again, I kind of like the Habs in a, in a bounce back spot here. Who knows? But I'm with you. I like the under here a lot. I I, I really do. I, I like both teams to clamp down. Uh, we've seen the Canadians a lot of times coming off a loss. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've got a good feeling that it goes under in the next game. They, they clean it up and they, they get their act together. So uh, give me the under total here. Yeah, and Calgary defensively, and Markstrom's been good in net, and they've trended under their last few games as well, And which is the way Daryl Sutter wants them to play. He wants them to be in these uh, lower-scoring uh, games, no question. So the unders definitely uh, make sense. I don't bet many unders. I might put a couple bucks on this one. This one does make sense to be and a lower-scoring game. coming back, isn't he? I think Ben Sherrod's back for the half tonight. He is a he is close to a return. Uh, it looks okay. like he is. Yep, he's off the end. Okay, he's so back. there you go. So yeah, the defense them. just got a nice boost. Real it did boost. because guess what? Petrie's good, but he's sometimes suspect in his own zone. Good offensively though, and Shea Weber's had a disaster at times in his recent games. I've seen him turn the puck over, resulting in like he was slipping and sliding the other night. Lost yeah. the puck, led right to Calgary goal that basically put the game away. It was the Josh mm -hmm. Levo goal uh, in the third period, and bad turnover by Shea Weber. Look, our former colleague on this show, Andrew McGinnis, has been rough on Shea Weber, uh, and I haven't been as rough on him, but it's been a rough week. Like, there's been multiple gaffes by him with the puck that have led directly to goals for the other team. It's been a tough go. I hate to see it. He's a great, great player, great career, outstanding, you know, tons of accolades, tons of accomplishments. And when you see these guys start to decline, like a Shea Weber has this season, especially defensively, and, you know, it's even the shot, the booming shot, the booming shot's never on target. You know, he's always missing the damn net now with that shot. So you hate to see it because he's had a great career and it's being marred a little bit by a really, really tough season uh, by his standards. Yeah, I, I'd uh, have to say, you know, I agree with Ian. I think he definitely obviously is on decline. I just wonder in the last few weeks with Sherrod out and some of the other injuries they've had on that blue line, I wonder if he's trying to compensate too much for that. He, he's doing things that really he's – he's not good at and he's not dependent on to do. And as a captain, sometimes you feel the responsibility to kind of pick up the slack in areas you're not used to doing so. Um, so let's see as they get healthier here, how he performs. But uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. He's definitely, I mean, he's not the Shea Weber that he, he was even when he came to Montreal, obviously. So uh, it'll be interesting what happens there. I think Jake Allen's due for a good game though. Uh, he's been overall, he's been great. I think for them as a, as a backup, but he's been kind of up and down lately. So I, I kind of sense a good game coming from him tonight. Yeah, I mean, if you want a playoff game before the playoffs, this is your game tonight, no question. It mm -hmm. should be a good one here, uh, Calgary and Montreal. Lots uh, at stake. Islanders and Bruins, uh, rematch, back-to-back uh, -back nights. They're going at it. Boston, minus 120. The total was five last night. Interesting. That game just pushed. It didn't go over, and yet the total's been bumped up by a half goal. It's five and a half everywhere now, uh, this total here in this game. That's Maybe that's because we've got Swayman. Swayman, the yep. backup for the Bruins net. It's probably Sorokin, although not confirmed yet for the Islanders. Uh, and look, there were a ton of chances for uh, the uh, Boston last night that they could have scored oh. more than four. I don't can't say the Islanders would have scored more. Yeah, all Varlamov, no question in how yeah, he I played. Yeah, I felt bad for him, man. I mean, he played, a, he played a heck of a game. He really did. So I'm, I got to do it. I have to take the Islanders here in a because Barry Trotz wouldn't have been happy. Uh, last night with that game. Uh, Boston maybe gets it rolling a bit here. Who, who knows? Uh, but I still look at it and look, they played great last night, but you know, they're still decimated on the blue line. I know McAvoy's come back, but you know, you're still dealing with uh, no Grizzly, no Kevin Miller, uh, no Brandon Carlo. I mean, these are the three starting defensemen that, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to just completely put a clamp down on a quality team like the Islanders every night with those guys out. 
And I think mm-hmm. the Islanders have to push back hard tonight, you would think. I mean, this is a good team. They usually show up pretty good when they lose and play very poorly the last game. And there have been times before Trotz has gotten their attention with some stern comments about his team's play, including after last night, and they've responded the right way. So um, I like what Boston played, and maybe they get a little bit of a spurt from this. And, hey, maybe after all the torment that the Islanders have given them, maybe that Boston comes into this game and says, you know what? Beating these guys last night just wasn't enough. We want more uh, tonight in this game against the Islanders. But I'm going to go Islanders here in the bounce back spot. They've been too good off these really, really poor games and bad losses they've had. They haven't had many, but when they've had them, they've had a pretty good response, hopefully more of the same tonight. So I'm on the Islanders here. Jimmy, what do you think? Bruins, Islanders. I, I, I think your analysis and your reasoning for going with the Islanders is is, is very valid and, and could very well happen. Um, I just sense there's something building again with the Bruins here. The fact that they did that last night, you mentioned the guys they have out on their blue line. And, you know, that's another reason we were discussing the over-under yesterday. Uh, another reason I was shocked it was so low was because of that battered defense there. <laughs> Excuse me. So I think we go over tonight. I, I, I feel like a, um, a 4-2 win for the Bruins. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the Jimmy Puck line for the Boston Bruins tonight. Uh, and that's that's kind of my prediction here. 4-2 four, four, Bruins win. And I'm also doing the David Pasnak uh, prop that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and preferably if Jimmy has his way, three of the four Boston goals tonight will come from Pasta, uh, David Pasternak in that way. Yeah. yeah, I'm tempted to go over the total again, too. I mean, even though it's five and a half, but it's five and you a half, but it's a plus price. I'm doing really it. Plus. Put that as an official play. I'm going over. Let's do it. There you go. Five and a half. I, I think I will, too, because I know for a fact if it's like a 4-2 game with an empty netter and I didn't bet it after having the over last night, I'll be upset. Uh, so, yeah, uh, four and a half or five and a half plus 120. I mean, that price yeah. gets me involved. I mean, that's a good price there, plus 120. You won't lose any juice, even if the bet loses. So I always like that. Uh, San Jose, Minnesota, Minnesota, minus 190, home favorites, total five and a half, shade to the over. I don't know. This is a this is one of those gut pit of my gut. You know, nobody's going to want to back San Jose after they just got drubbed handily in back-to-back games at home by the Anaheim Ducks of all teams. And now everyone's going to say this is a layup for Minnesota, and it should be. They should win this game, and they've been very good at home this season. But I don't know. There's a weird feeling in my stomach about this game. Uh, maybe oh. San Jose rises up. But I like goals. That's that's the bet I like here uh, is over five and a half here because I think San Jose can find the back of the net. The Wilds still give up a couple of goals. Their defense hasn't been as locked down. But against mm-hmm. the San Jose team, and Martin Jones is back to kind of struggling again. Uh, for the San Jose Sharks, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, Minnesota could score three, four, five even in this game. Get a couple from San Jose, it goes over. So I like the over, but I just it's one of those buyer beware type of spots for me. Just right. rushing to automatically think Minnesota's a lock tonight. First of all, nothing is a lock, and second of all, you know it just se- seems like these times where hey, San Jose, I thought they'd show up against Anaheim, they didn't. Now nobody expects them to show up tonight and play well in Minnesota. Sometimes those are the games you see. Uh, people shocked the team shocked the world a little bit, kind of like Buffalo yeah. last night. Who the hell would it with Washington creaming Philly and Boston 14 to two? I was just gonna give back you credit. Games. Yeah, didn't I say yeah. that was a scary spot that, last night? That's why, hey, if you've got that tonight on San Jose, stick with it, Ian, because you, you had that weird sense that that sixth sense, so to speak, last night that it was just one of those games, uh, for Washington, and sure enough, and hey. Great job by Dustin Tokarski, uh, given what he's been through. I didn't yes. know that his dad had just passed away. 
Uh, and for him to go in there, he's been thrown in in so many shitty situations when the game's out of hand, clean up, mop up duty, uh, just random injuries, what have you. Uh, you know, I know that kid. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, it just never amounted to what he maybe thought coming out of juniors, but he he played great and good for him to get that win. But yeah, I was thinking of you the whole night when I was watching the score there, Ian. Good call by you. Yeah, and I'm going to do that Minnesota team total over three and a half tonight as well. I'm going to go full game over. That way I don't have to worry about what the uh, San Jose offense does or doesn't do. And it's not like they were lighting it up against Anaheim. I mean, Anth but Anthony Stolarz, man, in those two games, he got both games against San Jose. He was brilliant uh, in net. Uh, you, you worry San Jose maybe doesn't find the back of the net. So if, just in case they don't, that's why I'm going to bet that team total because I do think Minnesota can get to four goals minimum. Over three and a half is plus 105 uh, on that Minnesota team total over. I like that, but I'll also bet the uh, full game over five and a half minus 120 as well. Uh, Jimmy, anything for you here? Sharks wild. Yeah, I'm on the over with this as well. I'll do the over five and a half. I, I, I sense a lot of goals there. Um, I, I, I kind of was tempted to jump, you know, and do this. San Jose there. I think that's a great point by you. And the other thing I'm wondering, just a random thought that came through my head, and I'm going to do the research uh, for everybody over the weekend maybe, is I just have a weird sense in that you get a lot of upsets on Friday nights. It, it, am I nuts? I don't know why. I feel like that the underdog wins in the NHL a lot more on Friday nights. It might be a random, maybe I'm way off, but I just feel like I always see that. Like I always remember teams going into Buffalo heavy favorites on Friday nights. Or teams going into Florida and they get beat. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's something about that. Maybe it's the other teams looking ahead to the rest of the weekend. Who knows? But um, I, I like San Jose. I would lean towards them, but I'm going to stick with the over here. Yeah, after getting shut out in two straight home games by Anaheim, that's the one thing that I'm worried about here. They got to find a way to get the uh, offense going. Maybe they do here tonight because, you know, like how did they not score against Anaheim in two straight games? And you think, they're, how are they going to score tonight against Minnesota and watch them get three or something tonight? You, you, that's just the way hockey is sometimes. It's no, sometimes yeah. there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason to what happens. Uh, L.A. and Colorado. Uh, this would be one of those games. If L.A. beats Colorado tonight, there's no rhyme or reason whatsoever uh, to it with the way the Kings are struggling and obviously the way Colorado is going. I mean, they just basically said to St. Louis, you know what? You know, you've got your little three-game win streak going. You haven't played us yet, and Colorado knocked St. Louis back down a peg uh, the other night uh, in that game. Uh, Colorado minus 310 home favorites, total 5.5 in some spots, although it's moved to 6 uh, in a lot of spots. I agree with this move up. in The like, Kings have actually trended over the total. Their defense is allowing goals. Quick and Peterson have been not quite as sharp lately, uh, and Colorado's got to go with Devin Dubnik for the foreseeable future every start until uh, Philip Grubauer – comes off the COVID-19 list. He's, he's gone for a couple weeks at least, uh, Philip Grubauer. So this is that Dubnik-Jonas-Johansson duo uh, in net right now uh, for the Avalanche for the foreseeable future. So to me, there's going to be games where Colorado gives up goals like they did against St. Louis the other night with Dubnik in net. They hung on for a 4-3 to three win uh, in that game. Uh, Dubnik doesn't keep clean sheets to steal a soccer expression. You know, he doesn't keep clean sheets. He's going to give up a couple. Even, I think, to this L.A. Kings team, uh, he's going to give up a couple in this one. And Colorado can probably get 3-4 minimum against L.A. Because L.A., look, Vegas, uh, pretty uh, dominant offensive showing against the Kings the other the last couple games they played against them. Like I say, the Kings team has trended over, and a big part of it is they're hemorrhaging goals 
and they're allowing a lot more goals than they did earlier in the season. So I grabbed it at five and a half minus 125. Uh, it's gone up to six. I agree with that. If all you can get is six, I still endorse the over. I got five and a half, so I'll, it'll, I'll get in officially five and a half. And by the way, a couple books out there still have five and a half on this total. So shop around and try to find a five and a half if you like the over and agree with me uh, on that uh, game. Uh, Jimmy, anything for you here? L.A., Colorado. Well, like you did with the Buffalo Sabres last night when they played the Washington Capitals, I've got a sneaky suspicion. This is a just I don't I hate using the word trap game, but it, it just has it written all over for me uh, for Colorado right now. I'm going to take the L.A. Kings on the money line to win this game. How about that? That is a plus 260 price that we are looking at here with the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Just, it just smells like a you know, you know, yep. smells like one of those just something's not right about this game for Colorado right now. And, you know, this is no offense to, to Dubnik. I, I, I just, you know, I like him. I think he's a great guy. But I just think something's not right there right now. Uh, they, like they're a great team and they're going to they're going to likely go to the Stanley Cup final. But this game just has something stinking about it. And I think it's a uh, L.A. Kings win. Yeah, no con no confirmed goalies yet. I expect it to be Peterson uh, for LA, though, and Dubnik for uh, Colorado. I'd be very, very surprised uh, if it's uh, not him. So look at that, LA Kings plus uh, 260. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Derry Edelman banging the uh, Dubnik is terrible drum in our chat room right now. <laughs> of course, that. he got formerly a member of the Minnesota Wild. And other than one great year to begin his career with the Minnesota Wild, that first year, he was sensational actually Dubnik with Minnesota. But after that, it was not the same uh, Devin Dubnik. And really, it hasn't been the same Devin Dubnik ever since. So he could do worse than taking a shot with the LA Kings here, plus 260. Yeah. It just seems that Colorado, uh, somehow, some way, even if it's ugly by one goal, 2-1, uh, 4-3, uh, they find ways to get the win. Uh, and we'll see if they can do that tonight. But you're obviously paying a premium to back the Avalanche. Vegas and Anaheim, final game on this Friday slate. The Golden Knights, minus 240. Uh, road favorites, total five and a half across the board uh, in this game. Uh, Vegas rolling right now, and uh, I'm not stepping in front of the Golden Knights right now. They're battling Colorado for first in the division. It's a battle that continues to be very tight right now. Uh, the Golden Knights uh, getting both. And you know what's tough to go against Vegas? Not only because they're firmly motivated to try to win this division, both goalies every night, they're coming to play. Flurry's trying to show Pete DeBoer, I want to be your playoff starting goalie. Robin Leonard, he's trying to show Peter DeBoer, hey, I want to be your playoff starting goalie. You know, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, coach. I mean, that's the kind of mentality that both of these goalies for the, the for the Golden Knights are going to the uh, net with every single night. Flurry and Leonard, they're competitive guys. They want to be the number one guy come playoff time, and they're tr playing their ass off every night to try to prove to Peter DeBoer that, hey, we want, we want, I want to be your starting goalie at playoff time. And uh, look, Anaheim's coming off back-to-back -back wins. I'll give them a whole boatload of credit. And Stolarz was excellent uh, in those two victories that they had uh, over the San Jose Sharks. But uh, you're taking a step up in class now. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised John Gibson's in net because of what Stolarz did in these last two games. But, uh, you know, I just not that uh, if Gibson's healthy. I understand why you want to play him. But, you know, Stolarz was brilliant. And I think with him on the nice little run, uh, in net for those two games against San Jose. Maybe you'd want to stick with him and see if he can, he can run with it for at least another game. But no, uh, Dallas Aikens uh, decided to go with Gibson instead. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, they haven't played uh, all that well, to be honest, with the Anaheim against Vegas, uh, really since the Golden Knights have entered the league. They're playing on a, a very, very focused, motivated, high level right now, this Golden Knights team. I'm not involved in this game either way, side or total. This is my one pass uh, of the night here in the uh, Friday card. Uh, Jimmy, what about you, Golden Knights, Ducks? You know, I'll tell you what, I have the same feeling. I don't know. Some, I just don't have a gut feeling on anything in this game. I don't know why. And so I'm with you. I'm going to pass on this. Um, look, the, we know the Vegas Golden Knights are good and they're a much more superior team than, than Anaheim. But anything can happen, as we said earlier in the show. And Anaheim's been kind of showing some positivity. They, they've, they've shown some good things with their game lately. And really, you know, they're scrapping. And I give them credit there. So I'm going to just stay away from this one. All right. Yeah, that's uh, I'm to stay away from it as well, especially tomorrow. We got a huge card uh, on tap uh, tomorrow that we'll be breaking it down. We've got, I've got special guests lined up. Of course, Jimmy's off on weekends. Uh, Alex, we're hoping to have him back next week once he uh, gets taken care of the uh, uh, family uh, business that he's doing back home. We hope things uh, work out well for him there. Uh, we're hoping to have him back by next week. But we got special guests lined up Saturday and Sunday for the uh, Ice Guys show, noon Eastern. Uh, so make sure you join us. And of course, tomorrow's card, as it always is on a Saturday, uh, is a huge card. So we'll break that down tomorrow uh, on the Saturday edition. Before we get to best bets, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. There's NHL and NBA every day as we come down the home stretch of the regular season. With that, uh, we've got uh, baseball. Uh, every day as well. The NFL, there's UFC this weekend, big UFC card coming up later this month as well. Uh, big pay-per-view event there. Uh, NFL draft in a couple weeks. There's going to be props available at the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a great time of year to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. You'll get uh, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, and incentives that change. There's a different one every week. So you constantly be able to take advantage of those. So make sure you uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for that account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time uh, for best bets for this uh, Friday card. Only five games to choose from. But, uh, Jimmy, where are you going for your, your Friday NHL best bet? I'm going to stay right here in, Bean in snowy Beantown. Uh, we got about three inches of snow here today. Mother Nature playing a late April Fool's joke on us. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to stick with the, the puck line on the Boston Bruins. Give me that as my best bet. All right. Like in Boston, puck line, a Jimmy puck line, best bet here today, minus one and a half with the Bruins on the puck line, which is currently a plus 200. Hell of a price on that. A Bruins puck line, minus one and a half, plus 200 for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. Uh, mine is going to be uh, the LA Colorado over. Uh, five and a half. It's minus 134, minus 135 at some spots. It's six elsewhere. Uh, I got five and a half, so it's going to be uh, evaluated at that number over five and a half. But even if all you can get is six, I still endorse the play fully. Uh, again, Dubnik, Dubnik doesn't keep teams to zero or one goal. Very, 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 very rarely does he do that. Uh, I think the LA Kings can get two, three at least, and Colorado will get you three at least, four even, and there's your over, in my opinion. So Kings Avalanche over five and a half, minus 135. That'll be my best bet for this Friday uh, NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, a reminder that we're live on YouTube seven days a week with this show, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, you know, Stitcher. It's every one of those. Uh, iHeartRadio or iHeart uh, uh, also has our podcast. So it is everywhere, uh, this Ice Guys podcast. So again, if you can't watch the show live, make sure you download the podcast on all those podcast platforms. It's available on all of them. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by... The Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can't. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.